Hello and welcome to The Well Podcast. Find out more at facebook.com forward slash The Well Event. Praise God. When your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. Just let me comment on that actually because sometimes when you think that God's eyes are upon you, it can put fear into your heart. You're thinking, oh no, <laughs> because he, he sees me, what I'm thinking, he saw me, what I did, but what abounds, uh, and it's, it's a brilliant word, isn't it? It, it abounds. Um, sometimes, actually, in the message translation where that word is used in the Bible, it's the word virgin. <laughs> that seems to carry a lot of, a lot of character, doesn't it? Just the, the abounding nature of God towards you. Um, it's never condemnation. It's never judgment. Uh, because you're his child, what abounds to his grace? Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. So where sin might be the reality, where sin occurs within you, grace is so much more. It abounds towards you in the eyes of a father. The smile upon you, the smile upon you right now in this place. I was thinking just during the week about our worship. I was thinking during the week about how there's two kind of schools of argument at times. Um, one school of argument is that all that we sing should be God-centered. Uh, and the other school of argument is that it needs to be more egocentric, man-centered. So you have songs that are towards God. Um, but then the other side is that you have songs that are to about us. And um, I think there's a balance somewhere in between when you read the Psalms. Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? But I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart is glad in your salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he has been good to me. And there's a balance in our singing and in our worship where at times it needs to be directed towards God, but then there's great comfort in what's directed from His throne towards us. Uh, oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. And then Mel flipped it. Oh, how we love Him. Uh, the balance of both things. Uh, our worship needs to include us uh, because we were made by Him and for Him. And don't be afraid then to sing what they are, the man-centered songs. And here's one of the best ones ever. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And it puts assurance and puts comfort into you. And even from that place, you're able then to sing unto the Lord. Let me read to you from Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to start to read from verse 3. As the Lord speaks to Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, so it's Joshua chapter 1 verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. 
For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Father, as we just gather around your word for a moment, I pray, O oh God, would you bless your word unto our hearts and glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever had a monumental task in front of you? Has there ever been something before you so big that it makes your stomach turn upside down at the thought of it? Has there ever been an opportunity put in front of you that you know you need to take by the scruff? You know this was made for you to do, and yet the magnitude of the task in your heart and in your mind and in your being just drives fear into your core to the point you would rather die than have to take on this task that is in front of you. When I was 19, 20 years old, I completed one year of Bible college, my first year. Um, the Bible college I went to in Edinburgh at the end of a year then sent you out on a summer placement. I was sent to a village called Holland Ward in the Midlands of England, in Derbyshire. And I was sent to do a tent mission. Up to this stage, I had preached like a couple of times in my life. And I had those two sermons to bring with me wherever I went. But I had to go and erect a tent with a co-worker. I had to go around all the doors in this village to invite them to come and hear me to preach at 19, 20, 19 years old I was. I had to go and put on kids clubs and activities for the kids in the afternoons. And the thoughts of this that were before me filled me with fear. And I can remember I went before the Lord, and this was my prayer. Lord, I know I'm in the center of your will. Lord, I know that you're with me. Lord, this fills me with fear, and I feel like I cannot do it but I know that you can enable me. And day after day and night after night, coming up to this tent mission in the Midlands of England, that was my prayer. The same prayer continually as I began to just throw myself upon the Lord. And I can remember going into that tent mission. And I find this really hard to put into words this evening, but I just knew that God was with me. See, the messages that I preached in that mission, if truth be told, they weren't very good. But somehow God was with me and was using the words that I was saying to speak to people's hearts. And people were coming to me afterwards and saying how God had spoken to them. And I knew the message wasn't great, but God was with me. I was going out as a 19-year-old around the doors of Holland Ward, that little village, and dealing with people and speaking to people, and things were coming out of me that even amazed myself, the wisdom that I seemed to possess. 
because I was in the center of God's will. I'd thrown myself upon him. I believed that he was able to make me able to do the task that was before me. What task is before you? What gift are you sitting upon? What talent has been placed in your lap to use for the glory of God? If you are prepared to surrender to him, if you are prepared to give him your whole heart and lean upon him, he will use you, he will be with you, no man will be able to stand before you and everywhere your foot treads, God's going to give it to you. Those actually are the three things that were told to Joshua in the reading that I have read. Moses had been the greatest leader that Israel had ever known, one of the greatest leaders in history. By the time the children of Israel were there in captivity 400 years, they had grown to a population. Some people think there could have been even about three million of them. He had to pastor millions of these people for 40 years in a wilderness, leading on them, dealing with all their gripes, dealing with all their moaning, dealing with all their sin, dealing with all their lack of vision, dealing with all their inability to get behind them, dealing with all their everything that comes with those people. But he got them right up to the point of the promised land. He got to see the promised land. He didn't get to enter it. God buries him. God buried him. And then God goes to Joshua and says, right, Joshua, Moses is gone now. And here's what I want you to get. Now it's your turn. I feel the presence of God as I say that. Now it's your turn. You get it? It's your turn. And Joshua, if you're fearful at the task that is before you, if you have vision for it, but you somehow are this walking idiosyncrasy of Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, I have three things I'm going to tell you. And the three things that were told to Joshua, I believe, will be true for you if you'll step up to the plate, step into the perfect will of God, and allow His will to be accomplished in your life. Number one, everywhere your foot treads, I'm going to give it to you. You can't put a foot wrong. Sure-footedness. Do you know, I tried a bit of paddleboarding recently. I'm really dead, dead curious. Who, who here is into paddleboarding right now? I'm just dead curious. Look at this here. And who here is the best paddleboarder in the building? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had to be. Okay, we'll have a competition. Um, maybe, quite possibly, actually. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that later on. Um, so I'm going to admit, I love it. I've got, I've got a paddleboard. It's a pretty big unit, like, because I'm a big unit myself, so I need that. Um, when I go out on the paddleboard, though, I spend most of the time on my knees. Um, that's, that's my safe place, isn't it? Like, you know, any, anyone do that on the paddleboard? Just go down on the knees? You'll be afraid to admit it, like, it's, not, it's not, not real paddleboarding, is it? When I eventually pluck up the courage, because I don't like getting wet, to stand up on the board... The truth of what happens to me is, I think because I've been on my knees for so long, trying to balance this huge weight, um, jelly legs, 
And I don't know if you've experienced it like, but honestly, my legs just go like jelly on the board. And then actually, one of the last times I tried it, in front of all the people around me, I just said, I'm going, I'm going. And into the water. My, my feet weren't sure. I got soaked. You know, you, you, you like to have a sure footing in life. I, I think a lot of people struggle genuinely with anxiety. They don't feel certain about the steps of their life. They don't feel certain when they go into a certain arena. Uh, instead of feeling certain, they feel a nervousness. They don't feel certain about the decision that they've just made, but instead of feeling that certainty about that decision, they feel a real uncertainty, and that creeps into the core of the being. Anxiety. But in the knowledge that you're in the perfect will of God, in perfect surrender to Him, everywhere that your footsteps, you're in the right place. Every decision that you make because your heart is right before him, is the right decision. It's your turn. It's your turn to step up to the plate. It's your turn to enter fully into God's will. It's your turn to take up a baton that has been left. And it's your turn to do it with certainty because God will not let you put a foot wrong. That's how strong his promise is towards you, to the heart that is fully surrendered to him. You can't put a foot wrong, and no man can stand before you, Joshua. Nobody. Doesn't matter how big they are, doesn't matter how ugly they are. I'm going to ask a question here. I don't want you to put your hand up, I don't want you to answer me out loud. This is just into yourself. Genuinely, though, is there someone you're afraid of? Is there somebody that you know who knows something about you and you're afraid of what they'll say about you? Is there somebody who just has the ability to just put you down and make you feel so low? Is there an individual who you know, if even if you were to stand up on a platform like this, just to see their very face would make you want to run out that door? Because either of something they know or of something they've done, fear of man, the Bible says, brings a snare. There's a verse in the, in the Psalms that says, a smoke is driven away by the wind, and as wax is melted by the fire, so God can remove the wicked, so God can remove your enemy. Daniel was put in a lion's den and the mouths of those lions had the potential and the ability to destroy him. But God closed the mouth of every lion. And you might fear some man or some woman or somebody because the power of what they can do with their mouth and what they can say, it has the ability to destroy you. But in the center of God's will, no man can stand before you. I don't know how God does it. I don't know how he does it. But he does. He makes your feet 
sure. And he makes your enemies disappear before your very sight. The last thing that Joshua is told, as I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you. Got that one? I will never, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Jesus on the cross cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the reason that God forsook his son, it was the punishment that you deserved and I deserved to be forsaken by the holiness of God. It deserved to forsake me time after time, but he will never forsake me because he poured that out upon his beautiful son at Calvary. And Jesus was forsaken so that you would never experience what it is to be cast off by God, but all you will ever know is the fullness of his embrace. And if you step up to the plate to enter into your gifting, to enter into your calling, to embrace the task that God puts before you, you will never be left with egg on your face. You'll never be left with a red face feeling ashamed. He will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. And so Joshua went in to the promised land with a monumental task before him. And Joshua conquered the promised land. And the enemies were driven out before the people of God. And they entered into the fullness of their inheritance. Because all of God's promises are yes and amen. I've been hoping that as I've been speaking that the things that I've been saying have been applied to you personally. But my purpose in this message tonight is twofold. Not purpose that I've just said, but also in seven weeks, the whale, the whale is looking after this year Alive Belfast. It's the mission that the church has run year after year after year. Jay Lauder has spoken at it. Bill Vanderbush has spoken at it. David Ham has spoken at it. Bayless and Harrison Conley have spoken at it. And this year, being what it is, we're not able to fly in the international speakers. But this year, the whale's stepping up to the plate. And we can't fly in the international speakers, but we can do it. Three nights, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th of September, seven weeks from this very weekend, we're going to have prayer meetings leading up to it. We're going to have outreach nights leading up to it, giving out flyers. We'll get T-shirts made. We're going to have open airs in Belfast City Centre where we're going to stand as a witness for the glory of God in a place that has represented so many things that are not of God, we're going to stand as a light in the darkness and say, Jesus is real. Come to Alive Belfast and come and hear about the one that we love. And maybe the thoughts of that fill you with fear, and maybe the thoughts of that make you feel like I can't do it, and maybe the thoughts of that make you think, what if such and such sees me or such and such? Listen to me. If you will give yourself to it, and we're going to reveal more details as the weeks progress, your feet will be sure. No one will stand before you. 
God is going to be with you. God's going to be with the well. God's going to be with us together as we take on a life Belfast and we step up to the plate and we make it our project and we say we now are going to shine as a light and we're going to reach men and women and we're going to reach souls for the glory of God and for the advancement of his kingdom. And then there's something within me gets excited about it because I see the group of people before me that God's going to use. Why don't you tonight say bye-bye fear? You can't stay here. I'm going to be a part of the well. I'm going to be a part of the tabernacle. I'm going to be a part of a life Belfast, and I'm going to do whatever I can do, giving out leaflets, being at the prayer meetings, being a part of the open airs, inviting people along, reaching people, continuing on, winning souls for the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth within your word. Thank you for how the Joshua, you were so real. He needed you to be real. The task before him was huge, and he needed a God who was real, a God whose promises were yes and amen. And as he stepped into your promises, he discovered that you would never fail him and you'd never let him down. And you made him a victor. And he stepped into his inheritance. I pray, O oh God, for each person in this room, would you cause them to step into their inheritance? Let them not miss it through fear. If you're speaking to them personally, give them the strength and give them the courage this very night to step into all that you have for them to do. But I pray, O oh God, would you raise us up as a vessel together in this church to reach this nation. Even now, I pray, O oh God, will you bless alive Belfast and put within us the ability to reach our nation, that souls would be saved and that Jesus would be exalted. Lord, we're going to worship you further. I pray, O oh God, that as we worship, let us continue to encounter you. Even speak on through the worship and let our hearts be touched. In Jesus' name.